Chapter One of A Sweet Little Maid. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Meilinger. A Sweet Little Maid by Amy L. Blanchard. Chapter One Dimple and Bubbles. Is you asleep, Miss Dimple? No said dimple drowsily i'm are why bubbles replied dimple if you were asleep you wouldn't be talking folks talks in their sleep sometimes miss dimple answered bubbles opening her black eyes well maybe they do but your eyes are open now i have heard of people sleeping with their eyes open returned bubbles nothing abashed oh bubbles i don't believe it for that is how to go to sleep, Mamma says, shut your eyes and go to sleep. She never says, open your eyes and go to sleep. So there. Bubbles sat thoughtfully looking at her toes, having nothing to say when Dimple brought her mamma into the question. I'll tell you what, Bubbles, said Dimple after a moment's pause, rising from the long grass where the two had been sitting. Let's play Indian. You make such a lovely Indian, just like a real one. I am almost afraid of you when you are painted up and have feathers on your head. Bubbles grinned at the compliment. I will be the white maiden to be captured, said Dimple, as Bubbles coolly proceeded to take off her frock, displaying a red flannel petticoat. I'll hunt up the feathers and you get ready, Dimple went on. And the shawl, we must have the striped shawl for the blanket. And, running into the house, she soon came out with a little striped shawl, and a handful of stiff feathers. The shawl was arranged over Bubbles' shoulders, and produced a fine effect when the feathers were stuck in her head. Now, if you could only have the hatchet. You go get it, Bubbles. I descend, said Bubbles. Oh, yes, you dare, Dimple said, coaxingly. I'd go ask Mamma, but it is so hot, and I've been in the house once. Deed, Miss Dimple, Bubbles began. Don't you deed me. I tell you to go, and I mean it. I'll send you to the orphan asylum if you don't, and I wonder how you will like that. No more cakes, no more chicken and cornbread for you, Miss Bubbles. Mush and milk, miss. This dreadful treat had its desired effect, and Bubbles's bare black legs went scudding through the grass, and were back in a twinkling. Hey, it is, she said. I was scared, show sure enough. Oh, well, you're a goose, said Dimple. Who ever heard of an Indian being scared of a hatchet? Now I will go into the woodshed, that is my house, you know, and you must skulk softly along, and when you get to the door, bang it open with the hatchet, and give a whoop. So Dimple went in her house and shut the door, fearfully peeping through the cracks once in a while, as the terrible foe crept slowly nearer and nearer, when the terrific yell burst in. Please, Mr. Indian, don't scalp me. Ah, said the Indian. What shall I do? said Dimple. Make me take off my stockings and shoes, Bubbles. You know the captives must go barefooted. Ah, said the Indian, pointing to Dimple's feet. My shoes and stockings? Well, I will give them to you. And she quickly took them off. The Indian gravely tied them around his neck, and taking Dimple by the hand, he led her forth in triumph. But here a disaster followed, for the captive, thinking it her duty to struggle, knocked the hatchet out of the Indian's hand, 
and it fell with its edge on Dimple's little white foot, making a bad gash. "'Oh, you've killed me, sure enough!' she cried. "'Oh, you wicked, wicked thing!' Poor Bubbles cried quite as hard as she, and begged not to be sent to the orphan asylum. "'Oh, your mother will whip me!' she cried. "'I expect I ought to be killed, but deed I didn't mean to, Miss Dimple. I wished it had been my old black foot.' "'I wish it had,' sobbed Dimple. "'Oh, I am bleeding all to nothing. Take me to Mamma, Bubbles!' Bubbles stooped down, and, being a little larger and stronger, managed to carry her to the house. Dimple's mamma was horrified when they appeared at the door. Bubbles in war paint and feathers, carrying the little barefooted girl, from whose foot blood was dropping on the floor. "'What on earth is the matter? Oh, Dimple, oh, Bubbles, what have you been doing?' But Bubbles was so overcome by terror, and Dimple's by the sight of the blood, that neither could explain till the foot was washed and bandaged. Then poor Bubbles flung herself on the floor and begged not to be sent to the orphan asylum. "'You ridiculous child,' said Dimple's mamma. "'Of course you ought to be careful, but it is not your fault any more than Dimple's. She should not have sent you for that hatchet. I am very sorry for my little Dimple. It is not so very serious, but she will not be able to walk for several days.' Next time you want to play Indian, do without a hatchet. Put on your frock, Bubbles, and go into the kitchen, for I'm sure I heard Sylvie call you. Bubbles went meekly out, and Dimple was soon asleep on the sofa. Bubbles's real name was Barbara. She was the child of a former servant who went away, leaving her, when she was about five years old with Mrs. Dallas. As the mother never came back, and no one could tell of her whereabouts, Bubbles gradually became a fixture in Dimple's home. Dimple, when she was just beginning to talk, tried hard to say Barbara, but got no nearer to it than Bubbles, and Bubbles the little darky was always called. Dimple herself was called so from the deep dimple in one cheek. Everyone knew her by her pet name, and most persons forgot that her name ever was Eleanor. She and Bubbles were devoted comrades. Bubbles would cheerfully have let Dimple walk over her, and never forgot to call her Miss Dimple, thereby expressing her willingness to serve her. Dimple was the dearest little girl in the world, but considering Bubbles her special property, made her do pretty much as she pleased, and her most dreadful threat was to send her to the orphan asylum. She had once said, "Mamma, if you hadn't let Bubbles stay here, where would you have sent her?' "'To the orphan asylum, I suppose.' her mamma answered, and Bubbles, hearing it, was ever often in mortal terror of that place, for Dimple gave her a graphic description of it, telling her that she would never have anything to eat but mush and milk. Dimple's food did not get well as fast as she expected, and the little girl found it rather tiresome to lie on a lounge all day, although her mamma read to her and tried to amuse her. Bubbles, too, was as obedient a nurse as could be, and, because she had been the cause of the accident, considered it her first and only duty to wait on Dimple. Mamma said Dimple, "'For a coloured girl, Bubbles is the nicest I ever saw. But, indeed, I should like a white girl to play with, just for a change. Couldn't you get me one?' "'Perhaps so,' said her mamma. "'We will see what can be done.' "'Good-bye, little girl,' said her papa the next morning. I am going away and will not be back till tomorrow. 
What shall I bring you? A new doll? Oh, please, papa, and papa, a white girl if you can get one, that is real nice, something the same kind of girl that I am. A girl like you would be hard to find, I think, said he, laughing. But I'll inquire around, and see if there is one to be had. Bubbles looked very sober all day, and rolled her eyes around the dimple in such a reproachful way, that finally she said, I know just what you think, Bubbles. You believe I'm going to send you to the orphan asylum and get a white girl, but I am not at all. If I get a white girl, I shall want you all the same, because you will have to wait on her too. Bubbles's face lighted up as she said, "'Deed, cross my heart, Miss Dimple. I didn't for sure think you was gwine to send me off, but I talk and talk you was conjuring up something again me. Why, Bubbles, I wouldn't do such a thing, unless you were out and out bad. It has been such a long day, she said, turning to her mamma. When will it be tomorrow? Mrs. Dollars drew up a little table, and Bubbles brought Dimple's best set of dishes, and with a clean cloth spread on first, the dishes were arranged. Then Bubbles brought in a little dish of chicken, a glass of jelly, light rolls, little cakes, a pitcher of milk, tea, sugar, and butter. And then Mrs. Dollars said, we will have our supper together, because Papa is away, and Bubbles can wait on us here. Bubbles had disappeared, but presently came back with a bunch of roses, which she put in the middle of the table. Why, Bubbles, that is quite fine, said Dimple, and she ate her supper with a relish, after which the time seemed very short until tomorrow, for she was soon asleep. I believe this day is long, too, she said, toward the afternoon of the next day. When will Papa come? Not till six o'clock, replied her mamma. You must try to be patient, for I think you will be very glad when he gets here. I have sent Bubbles for a book, and I will read to you to pass the time away. Six o'clock came at last, and soon after Dimple heard her papa's voice in the hall. Come right up, she heard him say. I do believe he has brought the white girl, she said, clasping her hands and, to be sure, when he opened the door, someone was behind him. "'This is the nearest like you I could get,' he said, and let forward someone in a grey frock and hat. Dimple screamed. "'Why, it is Florence! Oh, papa, you didn't say you were going to auntie's!' "'No, I wanted to surprise you,' he replied, "'and I thought your own cousin ought to be more like you than anyone else.' "'Well, I am delighted. You are sure to stay a long, long time, Florence.' "'Take off your hat and sit right here,' she said, moving up to the lounge. "'I never had such a surprise.' "'You forgot I promised a doll, too,' said her papa, as he opened the package. "'I thought Florence would like one, so I brought two, as near alike as if they were cousins,' he added. "'Oh, you preciousest papa,' said Dimple. "'Let me hug you all to pieces. I do think you are the most delightful man. I don't wonder Mamma married you.' When you go down, please send Bubbles up here, so I can tell her I am almost glad she cut off my foot, for it is worth it to have Florence and a new doll, too. Bubbles came in, beaming. Bubbles, cried Dimple, see Florence and our new dolls, and Bubbles, you shall have one of my old ones, and Bubbles, when I grow up, you shall live with me always, because you cut my foot, and you must never, never think of the orphan asylum again. Now tell me, Florence, she said, turning to her, all about your coming. Didn't you have to get ready in a hurry? Yes, indeed, replied Florence. 
and oh dimple i was so glad when uncle asked mamma and she said yes and she just packed up my things in a jiffy and we stopped at papa's office and said good-bye to him and uncle brought me oranges and papers on the cars and we didn't seem a bit long coming well i am too glad returned dimple won't we have fun with the dolls oh florence do eat your supper up here with me instead of going downstairs of course said florence unless you would rather go down for uncle said he would carry you i know said dimple but it is more fun to have it up here with my tea set and bubbles to wait on us so they had their tea upstairs with the table set by the window where the wisteria peeped in to look at them and a little brown bird quite envious put his head on one side and stood on a sill a full minute before he flew away oh i think it is just lovely here said florence ever so much nicer than at our house do you think so said dimple quite pleased you have a lovely house though florence it is four stories high and has such beautiful things in it and when you look out of the windows there is so much to see carriages and people all dressed up yes and dirty old beggars and ragmen said florence and nasty muddy streets they both laughed what cunning little doilies said florence who worked the little figures on them mamma said dimple aren't they sweet she always sends them up with my supper one over the milk pitcher and one over the cake do you like lots of sugar in your tea florence two lumps only two why i like three and i believe i could take another mamma says i have a sweet tooth but i don't know where it is for i have put my tongue on all of them and they all taste alike bubbles go down and ask mamma if we mayn't have a little teensy weensy bit more honey we are both so hungry bubbles took the little glass dish and went off i wish i had a bubbles said florence we have a black man but i think a little girl is ever so much nicer then there is a nurse who takes us to walk and then there is kate the cook and lena the chambermaid they are always fussing and quarrelling i get tired of so many we only have sylvia and bubbles said dimple sylvia is black too she is real nice but she will get mad with bubbles sometimes bubbles cleans knives and runs errands sets the table wipes the dishes and is a lot of help you don't know how much she can do and she learns something new every little while have some more honey florence for that piece of bread i never can come out even sometimes i have to take more bread for the honey and then more honey for the bread till i do it so much have you finished i believe i have too it is so nice here said florence as they settled themselves after tea just delicious it is so much pleasanter to see green grass and trees and flowers than brick walls and pavements do you play out of doors much yes all day nearly i haven't since my foot was hurt i couldn't run about and i should have to wait for someone to bring me in then i always want to be close to mamma when anything is the matter with me are you that way yes said florence aren't mamma's the best thing in the world i hope mine doesn't miss me now florence don't get homesick for i shall be distressed if you do let's talk about the dolls here comes mamma we will ask her what we can dress them in mamma mamma did you see our beauty dolls won't you get out your reserve back to-morrow i have looked over my piece box so much and it would be perfectly splendid to have something i had never seen before what is a reserve bag asked florence why you see said dimple 
Mamma has a lot of bags, one for silk pieces, and one for white pieces, and one for pieces like our frocks, and so on, but the nicest is the one she keeps for occasions like Christmas and birthdays and fairs, and there are the prettiest bits of velvet and silk in it. Mamma, bring out your reserved bag, that is a lovely blue-eyed Mamma, said Dimple coaxingly. You are very complimentary, said her Mamma, laughing. If you won't tease or worry me, tomorrow I will bring it out, and you can each choose what you want. Oh, Mamma, you are lovelier and more blue-eyed than ever, said Dimple. Let us both kiss you. We will be good as gold, won't we, Florence? Yes, indeed, said she. Auntie, you are lovely. I think if you don't go to bed, said Mrs. Dallas, you will keep me awake all night with your flattery. Florence is to sleep with me, isn't she, Mamma? Certainly, and the sooner you go, the sooner it will be tomorrow. Well, we will go now. See me ride, Florence, said Dimple, as her mamma put her in a rocking chair and pushed the chair along through the door into Dimple's little blue and white room. It was a dear little room, and Dimple, with the help of Bubbles, took care of it all herself. There was a white curtained window around which roses and honeysuckle grew and threw their tendrils about in such a reckless way that one or two had made up their minds to live in the room instead of outdoors, and were climbing around the window-sash. A little brass bedstead, a mantle with a blue and white lambrequin, a blue and white toilet set, pretty pictures on the wall, and a small bookshelf made a very cosy-looking nest for a little girl, and so Florence thought, who had no room of her own, but slept with an older sister. They were both tired, and even the delightful topic of dolls could not keep them awake very long, for an half-hour later, when the moon looked in on her way across the sky, she saw them both sound asleep, an auburn head of Florence's pillow, and a yellow one on dimples. End of chapter 1